everybody, we are back. Welcome to the gym. Or in this case, Neil's dining room table. Um, this is the Prayer and Push-Ups Podcast. I am Ben Talugan. I am here with Neil, the giant Ginger Maxwell. And uh, just due to some scheduling snafus, we ended up having to kind of change up our recording time and our location. So this week we're coming to you live from the dining room table. Mm-hmm. But we're going to pretend it's a gym. And maybe we'll do some push-ups to make it more legit. But yeah. anyway, Neil... How you doing? It's been over a week now. I know it's weird. Uh, I'm I'm doing uh, trying to bounce back from my injury and make progress. And also, it's busy ministry wise. It's just nuts. It's time of year, I think, for ministry, and it's we're just coming off uh, Catholic Schools Week. Mm-hmm. So that was the other thing. It was just like absolutely crazy school and ministry and everything else and so it's nuts it's just nuts yes how about yourself i hear you also been nuts so uh if we would have recorded our normal day and time i would have just gotten back from washington dc uh where we went on the march for life Mm -hmm. Um, for those who don't know the march for life is the largest pro-life protest i guess you could say in in the U.S. every year. It happens once a year, uh, the weekend following the uh, anniversary of Roe v. Wade being mm-hmm. passed. So uh, this year there was, they estimated about half a million people who showed up. They s- um, yeah, they, they say that. And I was like, I like I heard like it's as low as 250,000. And then upwards, like you get like half a million. And how do you count? That's like the one thing I, I was just I, like that's, wondering. That's why it's always an estimate. I was joking. We had so we had a number of our high schoolers there uh, that we took, and um, they saw this helicopter flying over, and they were like, "Well, what's the helicopter doing?" And I joked with them, "Oh, they're counting. They're, they're <laughs> flying circles above us, and they're counting heads to see how yeah. many people are down here." Um, I mean, it was it was huge. I mean, you you look around, all you saw was people. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. And uh, it was a huge event this year. It was a huge event. And I say that specifically because of who showed up. It was huge. It was huge. (laughs) President Donald Trump was the first sitting American president to speak at the March for Life. So that was a huge, huge Huge. uh, historical thing for them. And it just kind of brought more legitimacy to the movement. Um, yeah, and the the efforts to to rid our our world of of that, so um, our, yeah. at least our nation of that, and uh, we're really hoping that you know we have we have what they the younger I think it's Gen Z and millennials as well are calling themselves the pro life generation, and there are a lot of pro lifers in yeah. in those. Uh, those generation. If you look, if you looked at the the people that were there, uh, by far the majority of them were high school students. Yeah, by far, uh, high school and college. That was definitely the majority of the people that were there, and the rest of them were probably just us old folks that were trying to escort them there. So yeah, um, keep them alive while they were there. But uh, it was a great event. It was a lot of fun. Um, the the bus ride there and back maybe a little less so. Uh, got to 
sit on the bus for 24 hours straight, sleep on the bus. 24 hours so straight on the bus. it was pretty darn close. So it was, you know, we had a couple of quick bathroom stops here and there for changing or um, like we'd stop it in the evening before we were putting everyone to sleep basically to um, change our clothes and get ready for bed, brush teeth, stuff like that. And then sure. we'd go sleep on the bus and then in the morning we'd stop and you could change again, brush your teeth again and whatever else. But um, it was, yeah, it was fun. So I, I wear a Fitbit. My wife gave me a number of years ago and it will register sleep. Yeah, yeah. If I sit still too long reading a book. Okay. According to my Fitbit, I did not sleep on the bus ride home. <laughs> <laughs> that is how bad the sleep was. My Fitbit didn't even pick it up. Yeah. So, um, the sacrifices you make for the sacrifices guy, you make for for others, kids and but for the uh, preborn. It's a great, and, yeah. you know, first first time in DC. Um, we got to go to the Holocaust Museum. Wait, this is your first time? My first time in DC. Yeah, I'd never what? been on the march before. So, or or to DC before. Okay, I've gone so twice. Great, good for you. Okay, it's like okay, so you you went. It was your first time. You had to go to the march. Did you go to, get to uh, get in at the rally? Yeah, we got in at the rally barely. Um, lots of security at the rally this year. As no you backpacks. With, no, um, I heard no strollers, which people were upset about. It's like it's a pro life rally, and there's no strollers allowed. I think they were letting up on – I think they were telling people that stuff because they just didn't want a ton of people showing up with them. Um, like, we, we had – we bailed on all of our bags um, for the most part. Like, we, we left uh, – rather so the the group that we go with, went with our archdiocese, they gave out little, like, string pull backpacks that you could carry stuff in. And the night before, they were like, never mind, guys, don't bring them. Just pocket whatever you're going to bring. Don't yeah. bring a bag. Um just to, if nothing else, to streamline the security check-in process, because um, if they're having to check all these bags, it's gonna. It took. We we stood waiting to get in for over an hour as it was, so I can't imagine what it would be. Sure. If uh, they had to be checking a ton of bags while they were at it, yeah. But, um, it was good. It was really good, and we got to yeah. Like I said, we got to go to the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. Just the the reality of that. And the hit that 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 is to you, what what took place there, and the parallels between that and the abortion uh, realm that we have going on right now. Um, so yeah, I got to then went and saw the Washington Monument and the um, Lincoln Memorial, and yeah, so you were on the National Mall and, and yeah, things like that. Got to got to walk along that long man-made lake. Thing there at the National Mall, yes, and took a picture and sent it to my wife with the that just read on your left, ha, ha 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 ha. So yes, at the mirror pond in front of the Lincoln Memorial. No, I I've so I've been to D.C. at least like four or five times. Okay, uh, twice with the March for Life, other times with uh, I assisted uh in leading a dc trip for a seventh eighth grade class and i'm actually in charge of leading a trip to dc this year so i'll be going later this spring um and i've like i chose one of my college years spring break to go to dc and just uh be able to go and take my time visiting all the museums because there's just too much to do yeah there is there's so much you can do yeah 
but uh okay so that was like spiritually let's just like get into the the check-in like spiritually physically is what we do so how did the march for life spiritually impact you it drained me <laughs> okay explain because, well I, it's so physically exhausting it just drains you okay. completely because as as one of the leaders we got to bed very late we got up very early um one big thing that did take place out there we weren't you know we were the only in our hotel for three days um, okay and so for three nights uh well let's see we were in the hotel from wednesday night through yeah through wednesday thursday and friday nights were the three nights that we stayed in the hotel um and uh so one of the mornings so one morning one of the other guys did it and then uh the second morning we were there um i led a workout for those who wanted to come down and do it so that was a lot of fun what was it um, what was the uh time of the workout like 6 a.m 6 a.m nice yeah how did you get? Did you get I, good numbers? No, I only got a few kids that came down, and I blame my, the guy who was actually my roommate because he was also the one leading our worship team. And when he found out that I was the one leading the workout in the morning, he's like, "Good luck, doll. Yeah, I'll be sleeping." <laughs> so <laughs> he discouraged them I from think, getting after I it. I think he. I think he scared them off. I think he was leading them to believe that would be too hard. That it would be very, very difficult. And I was intentionally not going to make it like over the top difficult but. i mean consp- considering what you're gonna have to accomplish with the rest of your day you didn't want to like no that was friday them. you know that was friday morning which is the day of the march the last thing i wanted to do was yeah destroy them and then have them go walk on the march and stand on their feet all day so yeah because i mean you can a get a lot like, of standing on your feet on friday on that yeah day. it's like standing and going standing going i mean if you really push it you can get like twenty thousand, you know steps oh in a day. I, I clocked way above that I sure mean. sure so okay, so that's like a physically physically draining thing, but like legitimately, how did it spiritually affect you? Were you able to uh, uh, go to any of the special rallies or masses? Because um, I know they have the giant youth mass at the uh, national shrine, Basilica of the National right. Shrine. We did. We went to. We did go to a mass at the at the shrine. Yeah. Um, which was great and then we got to look around the shrine while i was there i bought a um a gift for my my wife and i's godson that we were delinquent on getting for him so that was good yeah um and be able to say it came from there was kind of kind of cool too it's not just something we went down to the local store ordered it online or something to that effect yeah um But just to see that, also, I think it was also very encouraging just to see all these kids that were making the statement that they were willing to fight for something that wasn't them. Yeah. I mean, outside of disliking it, it doesn't really affect them directly necessarily at this point. You know, they're, they're teenagers. Yeah. Um, they aren't going to have an abortion or um, maybe they might know someone who does. And that sure. would be like the closest thing to directly affecting them. I mean, typically we're, but, the populations that we work with, they're less likely to engage in 
sexual behavior outside of the context of marriage. And um, I think just statistically, if they are, most of them have a contraceptive mentality and are aware, are informed of quote, in quote unquote safe sex. Right. And would practice it. As Which much doesn't as, always work anyway, but even then, if you. Yeah, didn't necessarily they, want to get down into right, that, but yeah. If, if they conceive, they're not gonna if they did get involved and they conceive they they would more than likely yeah keep the child but um or but, at least birth the child whether or not they you know, yeah it's adoption it, or something else is another story but anyway yeah. just the fact that this is not it's not like this is something that is weighing on them personally and their ability to live their life i guess is what i was trying to get at yeah um it's it's not like they're at risk of being aborted and they're just stepping out for mothers and children that they will never know and wanting to make sure that they understand the truth of what's happening here yeah. and that's and and that was part of it too is that they they we weren't there just for the unborn children we're there for the moms yeah, uh, and that's one of the biggest misnomers about the abortion situation is, um, you know, one of the the pro, quote unquote, pro choice uh, lines is, well, you don't care about children, you just care about the unborn. Once they're born, you don't care anymore, and that's just the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, um, with the different programs and adopted parents and foster parents and all these people that are all part of this pro life. Yeah thing and that that's why they do this stuff i mean there's so many organizations right here in the twin cities that they exist primarily to help provide mothers with what they need to care for their children when they don't have the help or the finances that that they need to do it themselves i mean typically it's because the political party that is most associated with the pro-life movement in our country doesn't support large social programs per se or at least the ones that um, other people would like to have and believe that felt the kind of like it's a philosophical dif- difference in understanding that it should be coming from the like the help for the children the mothers and everything else like that should be coming from top down whereas just they should be given help but the help should be given by free choice of nonprofits, private donations stuff like that it isn't necessarily needing to be a top-down thing and that's the big accusation but it's like but the percentage of income actually given towards these um, pro-life organizations and adoption agencies and looking for adoptive parents and support and all this other stuff like that is just like phenomenal from the pro-life movement. It is. It's Um, awesome. And churches as well. Yeah. That that pour into this to care for families. So I'm going to hijack. I'm just letting you know. I'm hijacking the topic that we were originally going to cover and give us a new one. Okay. Because of this conversation that we're having right now. So if everyone were, if this feels awkward, we're taking a left turn. It's because I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> but he is using his signal. He just signaled the left turn. So it's it's this, not like it's this, out of nowhere. Here we yeah, go. The signal the left turn. Here we okay. go. So uh, before we get back into the the pro life topic, training wise, so were you able to actually get get some work in then, or what kind of work were you able to get in? Not a lot, to yeah. be fair. It, it you don't really get workouts in on a bus, and um, so that those days were rough. Uh, that and my body did not 
want to move all that much after trying to sleep on a bus that first night that we were riding out there. So that was fun as well. But mm-hmm. we, there just wasn't a lot of time. No, they there keep... wasn't a lot of time. They keep you very, very busy, and you're just going, going, going. A few things that I get, to, I did get to lead the workout on the Friday morning. Yeah, and then uh, so Friday was actually a very big workout day for me because Friday morning I let a workout. Friday during the day was on our feet. I actually just looked, and according to my Fitbit, I clocked over twenty one thousand steps on Friday. Nice. Um, so. Standing on your feet, a lot of standing as well, though. Yeah. So it doesn't even technically cover all the time you're on your feet. Just looking at steps. And then uh, that evening, as kind of our last night in the hotel, for some fun for the kids, uh, I was asked to teach swing lessons. So <laughs> I found someone else who knew how to swing dance, and uh, we taught those that were interested how to some basic swing dances i okay so it was good the basic step and the the return of catholic culture the the return of catholic culture is going to bring in like swing dance everywhere where i see uh people wanting to like return to super catholic values and like an ultimate catholic culture like the ex- the main way that they express that in dance and they teaching young people dance is swing dancing mm-hmm. and it's just nuts how much because like the uh one of the high schools had a gala recently and like a part of one of their presentations for the gala was having a ton of students come out and swing dance i know which one you're talking about <laughs> i was not there this year i have however been at one in the past sure and uh I, well okay so um, are we not saying the name of the school for a reason? I don't know. Okay. So, uh, this Chesterton High School. Is Chester, school the, Chesterton the Chesterton Academy. Academy. Sorry, yes, Chesterton Academy. Let's get it straight. Uh, <laughs> is a a very good school here in the Twin Cities. Yes. Um, Classical High School. Yes, and they they do have swing dancing as part of their curriculum, basically. Um, and I actually had the opportunity. um, many years ago without realizing that's what I was doing at the time I went and taught swing dancing at Chesterton on one occasion um, with the group that I was in and then uh, we were invited my wife and I were invited after we got married to go with another couple who'd bought a table at their gala um, to join them and so we went and they had swing dancing was part of the night. And so my wife and I got to go out there and show those high school kids exactly what swing dancing really looks like, <laughs> which was fun. That's awesome. Okay. So, uh, you walked a lot, didn't get a lot of training in necessarily, but you did get dancing and then dancing, training, stuff like that. walking. But I think that's the, like, that's what everything you were doing, building up to, you were ready to handle that. Yes. You were able to, you were, your, your previous workouts and everything else that you're doing, at least your GPP was at a certain way that you could handle the mess that and you weren't like dead. No, I was, I was the, the only thing that was really rough for me to handle was the sleeping on the bus. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, I got less sleep than all the high school kids for the most part. I got, uh, worked just as hard and I was keeping up with them every step of the way. That's awesome. Which isn't bad for an old man. So, okay. So let's do my check-in. Yes. What What is your check in? How did How did your workouts go? Well, while I was gone. While you were gone, uh, it's been a little difficult to bounce back. So I bounced back after injury. I uh, 
am getting back into it, getting back into lifting heavier weights. And it happened while I was in the middle of like switching blocks, switching from like a strength block to a general fitness block. And so it's really weird to gauge where I'm actually at. Because if you like measure how you feel by like how fast a certain weight moved up, you know, mm-hmm. like how, how hard or easy 225 on bench feels when you're coming back and you're doing like new and different exercises, it's just really hard to gauge. It's like one of the things I um, am doing that I had kind of backed away from for a little bit was like accommodating resistance, which is using uh, either bands or chains so that the weight is more difficult at the top of the exercise and lighter or no resistance at the bottom. So I've been doing that with like my bench. And so I'm not lifting as much, but it's like have like overall, like the weight, the total weight is there, but the accommodating resistance uh, means you have to continue accelerating through the movement and you can't allow momentum to continue through it. So it just feels different, mm-hmm. but I like overall feel good. And it's the strength has come back after the injury. The only thing I haven't been able to do well is I haven't been able to deadlift really anything. That's the one thing mm-hmm. that's like not going back. So like I was able to get a squat workout where I got um, my top set was a set of 315 for five, which like my max uh, recently, you know, I did 485 for a set of five before I got hurt, like the week before I got hurt. So that's where like I could be and physically should, but I was just been working on what feels fast what's going to move in well without Mm -hmm. any pain or anything else like that and so that's kind of where i'm at but just for some reason uh i haven't found the right way to or it just it hasn't healed enough to deadlift that's the one thing Mm -hmm. that just like aggravates and that's how i hurt was Mm -hmm. hurt i was hurt when i was deadlifting so i just gotta figure that out um maybe i talk to someone about it but for right now that's just kind of where i'm at uh and but overall, I think it's 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 good. Um, but I, it's one of those things. It's it's a disappointment that you just have to like deal with. So yeah. that's the kind of the big frustration about it. And then um, spiritually, just been praying a lot about so, uh, the difference between the illuminative and the purgative stages of faith, like the. Um, purgative stage like there's three kind of in one paradigm of spiritual development there's the purgative illuminative and unitive stages Mm -hmm. just reviewing it for everyone else out there i know you know um and purgative being i wouldn't uh, assume i know anything at this point i'm so tired (laughs) uh purgative being the stage at which you are uh, have received the grace of justification through either baptism like you're you're through the sacraments right through baptism or through faith both right and you're working on removing your uh, attachment and building up the fortitude and virtue by the grace of God to resist mortal sins and building up like the consistency to stay out of mortal sin is kind of like is the purgative stage. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the illuminative stage is um, where you have surpassed those those mortal sins and then you begin working uh, with God on your venial sins and keeping your focus and and guiding your focus and your mind your will more ordered on the things of god on a consistent basis so that it's they're perpetually on a consistent basis um and you're ordering your will to not necessarily be bouncing around from the various like 
good things like or or morally neutral things in life but able to discern uh what is most prudent in the moment with god and becoming better at that illuminative and by the grace of that sin kind of removing the scale being gone and healed and the the damage of sin the scale gone for your eyes you're then enlightened to the deeper realities and truth of faith mm-hmm. and so i'm teaching this to the middle middle schoolers and they were asking like what's like where are you at mr maxwell and i was like can i honestly say one or the other and i don't have uh like i should have a spiritual director i've been looking around for one uh just priests are very busy very busy and i'm also very very busy so i have and I don't want to definitively say one way or the other, but it was one of these things that I'm just, regardless of where I am, I want to make this my new like spiritual block mm. is to focus on this idea of not being bouncing around between neutral good things, like things that aren't necessarily actively sinful, but they maybe aren't necessarily the right ordered thing. Right. And being more focused on that. And so I've been talking about that with my wife. And so like we've been doing things, um, you know, in the evening after the kids go to bed, trying to make sure that we not only do our family prayers time, like when the kids are awake or whatever, mm-hmm. but like uh, they were reading scripture together. And so doing stuff like that or just talking about just talking with each other about faith. Because, of course, like we, we talk to each other about all sorts of things, but then mm-hmm. making that a, a serious component with it. Um, so that's been like spiritually kind of like interesting and, um, and the other thing that has been really like hitting me lately is, uh, how like the ability, just how important your prayer, like your apostolate needs you to pray for it. Like whatever the, the apostolate that you're called for. And that we just like, I, I'm feeling a renewed call to just like pray more for the people that I minister to and for the ministry mm-hmm. that I do that God, um, like bless it and anoints it because like, I'm not perfect. I'm a hot mess, ADD, all that other stuff. Like I like, and I need God to take this hot mess and do something with it and bring about some, don't kind. we all, which dude, do you want uh, which like transitioning to the mystery topic that you have no idea about. <laughs> I really want to switch to a really cool bumper or something right now, but being as we don't have that, maybe no, no, don't doubt yourself. You're going to make one tonight or later tomorrow. I, I am going. I, so I found some new effects on our recording stuff here. I'm, We're going to experiment peoples. But anyway, now we are transitioning to training time. <laughs> training time. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's All right. do it. Uh, so, mystery topic. 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 Uh, sacrificing to the unknown. Mm. Go on. Continue. Continue. So, like, elaborate. Okay. Elaborate on this. So. The thing about training or prayer, mostly both, uh, <laughs> you, you can think, okay, so like we're big about like you need to get healthy. You need to be able to 
be able to fulfill the call of your vocation. And since we are incarnate beings, you need to like order your weak flesh to bring like it under under the mastery of the will under the mastery of the will and part of that exercise is a part of that ex- of of that exercise to gain control of the self of your of using god's grace to gain control of the weak self okay, so can you can you explain that in smaller words for people who don't have a background in theology or philosophy uh your you ever a will is the place of decision making that every person has yes it is okay so you have a free will you have a to free make decisions as we see well fit which so. and you have an intellect and you have passions and your intellect is like knowing passions are your emotions like the emotional self and so like the way you feel towards pizza may be a passion Yes. You may have an emotional response to pizza. And if I were not talking off the cuff, I got to like concupiscible and irascible appetites and passions. I go deeper into this stuff, but I'm not going to. He's using bigger words again. Simply put, you need to, uh, your will is weakened by sin and your intellect is uh, dulled and your passions are disordered. And so by God's grace, you need to bring them all in order. And these are lived out and expressed in the physical self. And so your body wants to do certain things and it avoids discomfort or it it tries to do the easy thing. And like, because, you know, some people said because we have monkey brains, right. Or like base animal brains, like we taste sugar, sugar, good, more sugar, please now. And all these other things or whatever. And so, you by exercise your you gain self-control um of your body so that you can actually do something with it and bring it to order and change in like change it in substance in a certain Mm -hmm. way so when i'm talking about like sacrificing to the unknown so we do all this exercise so that we can gain better control of our bodies but the fact is is that tomorrow like I get hit by a bus, right? Mm, I see where you're going. I I get hit by a bus or, Mm -hmm. um, I can get hurt. Like I did this, like I, like I did a short while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, matter of fact, I did forgot to mention my other injury. Uh, I stubbed my toe two days ago and broke the middle toe on my left foot. Cause that's how hard I hit it. It's set and I'm just buddy taping it. And it's it's fine or whatever, but like, and I'm still fine. I'm still able to move and do all this other stuff like that because it's just the middle one, whatever. I feel um, like I should do an ad for Zip Recruiter right now because I'm gonna be looking for a new podcast. I'm, <laughs> no, if I'm, my current one keeps breaking himself, I'm not. No, no, no. no. And the, I didn't do it exercising. That's the thing is I just still, I just still went to, so I should have been wearing shoes or something. But uh, the the um no, I just. Didn't see the the corner uh, of a chair. Anyways, well, like okay. Anyways, I don't want to go on the story. Yeah, moving the, on. Moving on. The or if you're training for a competition, like for a sport, you can do all that work, all that years of training, and everything else like that. The Super Bowl is coming up, right? Yes. Or Super Bowl. By the time this comes out, the Super Bowl will have had happened. 
all these guys spent like lifetimes dedicating themselves to hone their craft and mm-hmm. spent everything to be excellent football players. And right now, like they don't know it is an unknown, or at least from me speaking, they don't know if they're going to win or not, but they're going to pay that price regardless. Right. They're going to pay the price of the sacrifice of self regardless of the win. Right. Because that's what it takes in order to accomplish that goal. If you are working towards a, um, what? My, if you, that noise you hear, my dog, I apologize for that. If you're working towards a marathon or a 10 K or a tough mutter or powerlifting meet or Olympic lifting meet or whatever it is that you're doing or losing a hundred pounds or getting in yeah. shape or whatever the thing is you are in your fitness journey, something could happen to you where it's going to set you back. Right. It's going to, it's going to set you back and you're not going to be able to accomplish your goal. Right. So I'm snapping to get my dog to stop whining. I'm sorry. Um, but the, uh, idea is you don't necessarily see the fruits of your labor, but there's value in the labor in and of itself in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to relate that because you were talking about in the March for life Yeah, that the kids themselves may not necessarily be in the at risk population mm-hmm. to get an abortion or to be aborted even or to so. be aborted yet. We don't know the ripple effect of the, the fruit that we give. I, like one of the first rules in youth ministry, um, like is we plant seeds. We don't always see growth. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's the same thing. It's the sacrifice to the unknown. Only God knows the fruit of the labor right. in which we participate in. Mm-hmm. And it's like a miracle and a grace uh, when God gives us the opportunity to see that in mm-hmm. youth ministry. Cause like we, how many confirmation classes have we seen like go through and we know the statistics one in six, right. Stay. Right. And, um, and Which sometimes feels generous. Yeah. Yeah. No, it can't it feel, and, but like, we don't know. We don't know if they come back later or whenever, and we right. can do everything in the best of our ability. And there's, we should think strategically and use best practices. And there's lots of different things that we need to, be doing to be more effective at our jobs to like fight against the culture but mm-hmm. we can only do like you know so much by the grace of god and you know then they're gone right and we make that sacrifice to the unknown and so the moments of of being able to witness the conversion for people is a blessing i have uh, when i the first times i went to the march for life and took uh, high schoolers with me. There's a young woman who started coming to youth group because her friends were coming to youth group. Wasn't, was like nominally Catholic, like not really kind of thing. Um, bef- in the months leading up to the, uh, the deadline for like signing up for March for Life, uh, kicked out of mom's house, started living in a trailer park with her boyfriend and was still like going to high school working part-time job like just trying to survive right Mm -hmm. but somehow still made it to youth group on a reasonable enough occasion and i always say for any of the ministry stuff that we do like money isn't the option like if money is the thing preventing you from going to the blank whatever Mm -hmm. the retreat 
to the mission trip to DC. Talk to me. We'll find a way. Because you always have those like overly kind, generous mm-hmm. backers who, like, if it's for a good cause, people who are willing to yeah. cover it. Yeah, like a scholarship, a scholarship, concept. and then budgets, and you do some fundraisers right. and all. You make it. You just find a way, right? Mm-hmm. And she asked and found a way. Never been under like a retreat with any of this stuff. Not like really involved with it. But she, like, had an ex- the experience she had was, um, they were hanging out. We were sleeping on a cafeteria floor of some nice parish that hosted us. Uh, and it was in like their parish hall, which was just uh, down the way from the sanctuary. And so a couple of my kids went in there to just like the sanctuary to have some quiet time because the cafeteria was like nuts with like, you know, 100 kids, mm-hmm. whatever. Right? Like, and they kind of waved me over. Someone brought me in and to go talk or whatever. And just like have wrestling like the, the, you could see this like straining, this wrestling with con- with her conscience and um what's going on and do like the youth minister thing and like the mm-hmm. council thing and just goes you know like i just came to this for uh the free trip to dc mm-hmm. i wanted to see like i want to see where kennedy was buried and uh that's it but now that i've like seen everything that we've seen and saw the march for life like there's no way that I could ever sort of court abortion. There's no way that I could have one. Cause like, I know like if I would have got pregnant, like I would have had one like, like that. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, year later she did get, get pregnant, but she chose to keep the mm-hmm. child. Now granted it wasn't like, obviously in an ideal situation would have been in the context of marriage and mm-hmm. daddy to stay around and all the other stuff like that. But no, she just single mom raising her kid, doing the best she can. And like still is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those beautiful moments that like, like thank you God for that, like this wonderful child that's here on this earth because of the like the generosity and the ministry that we do, mm-hmm. and so I just want to like use this as a story of encouragement for um, all those people out there who are listening to their exercise to f- get after it in what I sh- or whatever way, shape, or form, even if it seems pointless too like you because like you don't know the rewards of what it'll actually take in it right and it's because a lot of it is so gradual it's hard to see sometimes the strides that you're taking yeah uh, in the right direction um so you know grant okay we've talked about this a little bit before an easy way to measure is the scale but the scale doesn't always yeah. give you a clear read. Um, some things that are uh, harder to understand is just how you move. Because you start gradually being able to do things more easily. You kind of forget how hard they were. Yeah. And you don't recognize how much more flexible you might be. Mm-hmm. Or just how much longer you're able to walk or do other things without soreness or issues or going up a couple um, flights of stairs and you don't suck wind after right you just don't think about it mm-hmm. um i know one of the things that it, it goes both ways which is funny because it, it sneaks up on you the same way and suddenly you aren't able to do things um when i got up to the heaviest i've ever been i suddenly realized that 
it was my weight that was making it hard for me to tie my shoes. They just, every day it was just, I didn't even want to sit down. I had to like stand and put my foot up on something in order to get my shoes tied because just maneuverability and stuff. And I realized it's because of my size. And that was one of the things that really triggered for me. Okay, I got to do something about this. Um, and that's when I started to really buckle down and um, hit the gym. And I had to be very careful with it because I was so big. Like, my joints couldn't take too much abuse. Yeah. So I had to be really careful to – and sadly, I wasn't even that big in comparison to many people in our culture. Yeah. Um, so it just makes me really wonder about what some of these other people are doing to their, their bodies with, with all the extra weight they're carrying around, um, and how that's damaging their ability to do this. But you don't, that's another thing you don't see. You don't see when your joints are doing better because you're not carrying as much weight. Yeah. Um, you might start to recognize other things about it, uh, but your waistline perhaps, but there's other things that are happening that you don't see. Um, and so you may not have that same encouragement to keep going. Uh, and it's really easy to just fall out of it. Yeah. And it, I think it, 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 like just prayer and exercise are goods in and of themselves, mm-hmm. not just for what they give you. So it's not like it, feels good to exercise like there is a reward system for doing it there is a pleasure in like the runner's high or lifting a PR endorphins endorphins and all these things like that um and regardless of its long-term effects on you it's still good that you did that Mm -hmm. and you also yeah there's a million other things you can be doing for you that you don't necessarily tell and that's the same with like prayer you don't know the power of prayer Mm-hmm. You don't know how God's going to choose to use that for his like plan, for his good. It's really and, easy to get discouraged if you aren't seeing it do what you were hoping it would do. But we don't necessarily know what God has in, pl- has in store and how he's working. Um, and what, what positive may come from that prayer that isn't even in our purview yeah i mean how many years did saint monica pray for her son saint augustine a few and imagine like what was it like to pray the first year Mm -hmm. and then the second year and then so on and so forth until it like finally happens but like the the perseverance uh in a terrible situation and there's like many other examples i think of saintly people who have done this and i know um stories of wives who've prayed for their husbands who who, like were alcoholics but somehow stuck it through with them and like right had like 20 years of abuse in alcoholic marriages but then 10 good years after Mm -hmm. after they got it together and rather than abandoning their spouse like stuck with them prayed for them work with them to get them the help that they needed you never know what god's gonna do but that we do also want to be careful with recommending that someone stay in a situation like that so it's it's got to vary based on your situation. Um, we don't want people staying in in abusive, dangerous places either. But um, there, there's a lot of nuance to be talked about, yeah. and then like particularly the marriage circumstance. Yeah. But I guess what 
has I think what has been lost in general in society is it's an easy way out. Oh, it's definitely it, used as the easy. There's way an out, easy way sure. out. There's to but, get an abortion, to get a um, divorce, yeah. to like. There's a people are talking about. You it's know, the no consequence option. Is what they think. That's what people. That's what people think. That's yeah. what they're sold as. Is the no consequence option. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. Um, and we don't want to be getting too. We're gonna actually try to end this thing without hitting an hour this time around. So we're gonna wrap this up. But um, before we do. I just wanted to touch on what you were saying about uh, the young woman that was encouraged by going on the March for Life and seeing all that and how it changed her perspective on uh, the, the issue of life and life in the womb. And uh, something that we did on the way down there uh, or on the way over to D.C. is we watched um, the movie Unplanned. Sure. And... So if you haven't seen this movie, and if you have any doubts or you're even uh, kind of opposed to the pro-life stance, I, I cannot recommend enough that you go watch this movie. Um, it is based on the life of Abby Johnson, who uh, used to work and manage a Planned Parenthood facility, uh, and her experience there, and now she is one of the most avid pro-life speakers and supporters out there um and i've had the pleasure of meeting her yeah and she is she is a firecracker let me tell you <laughs> but um yeah she but, is an amazing amazing woman and uh just really want to recommend that you go you go check that out because that will give you a different perspective on this issue yeah. so and then uh, I love her work with And Then There Were None, yes, which is her program That's where her they're program. trying to get people out of the abortion industry. So if you know anyone who's working surrounded that industry, sometimes there's a stigma of them being able to find any employment outside of it once you've worked there. And so she's great at ministering to them and helping them find gainful employment outside of that industry. There, There is also the issue of potential persecution from the industry itself. Um, oh, for sure. Depending on where they're coming from. To get blacklisted. Uh, and all yeah, that. and that was something that happened to her. She had to deal with, go to court and a whole bunch of other stuff um, because of when she resigned. Um, and she hadn't even done anything um, necessarily regarding Planned Parenthood when she res she just resigned and they, they didn't want her to be a threat to them. So, um, And they, I think that actually turned her into what she is now, was them kind of legally going after her yeah. um so they may have created their own worst enemy in that move but uh god is very very good she is a huge uh, warrior for uh, life and uh, we are very happy to have her so if you're looking for us you can find us where can they find us neil they can find us at facebook.com slash prayer and push-ups podcast got uh, trying to make that a great community over there for discussion and interaction. Uh, also, we are on Twitter at and pushups uh, is our Twitter handle or prayer and pushups podcast. If you look that up and prayer and pushups podcast at gmail.com, please send us an email talk to us. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like. Uh, we're also available. Obviously, you're listening to this. Whatever podcast thing that you're listening on, please use that to give us a rate 
and tell us what you think, especially on iTunes. I know iTunes is the one that like the algorithm is the one that is very like helpful at other people finding us and um, getting listened to this. That'd be really awesome to get another five-star review. I want to shout out to the one person who did leave us a five-star review. Thank you. You know who you are. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) We do appreciate any feedback you're willing to give, anything that you would like us to cover, any ideas you have uh, that you think would make the podcast better, um, whether we listen to them or not, or whether we take them take them and implement them or not, we want to hear them. So please let us know. That was something that someone else said to me the other day. I thought it was funny. Um, so yes, please let us know your thoughts. I believe I don't remember. I'm as I said, I'm really tired. I did you say Instagram? Because we're also on Instagram. Oh shoot, yeah, Instagram. Um, and I think I I corrected you on that one other time, and you'd already said it. So I was <laughs> I making I forgot sure. It this time, but I anyway, forgot it this time. Uh, Everybody, I'm sorry. This has been kind of a random podcast. Uh, yeah. I'm tired. Neil's tired. And <laughs> then he hijacked it. So I just, you know, we, we just went with it. A-D-D. So all of you <laughs> have a wonderful week. God bless. Let's get out there. Let's live intentionally. <laughs>